Can you say hard hats, folks? Hard hats, lunch pails, steel to a boots? Anything short of a championship this year is a failure. Dude, look at this boomer right here. You've just got so much talent here. Somebody said we need to apologize for Jalen. Can I call the John? What are we apologizing for? What did we say? What did we do? <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, Amit. This is how you know Amit loves us when he trails the music off a little bit. See that? See that? Yeah. yeah. And fade it down. There you go. All the way down. There we, there go. we go. Nice. <laughs> um, welcome, Garden Report family. Uh, John Zanish, Sherrod Blakely holding it down as the Celtics defeat the Knicks 116-102. Kind of similar in terms of... Uh, uh, just how the game went to their first game back at the All-Star break where, you know, Celtics did a lot of good things in the first half, let the Knicks hang around, came out with a strong third quarter, uh, kept them at arm's reach the rest of the way, and a solid win and an absurd 45-12 and record now. And with the Cavs losing last night, you are now eight games up on the second spot in the East. And... uh and nine, 10, nine on the Bucks. It's, I mean, the Vince Carter slam dunk contest, Gerard. It's over. Over. Okay? We're, we're there. We're there. Over. Um, it's, it's been over. Yeah, it's I mean, been over. At, at this point, I mean, pretty much the top tier teams in the <laughs> East, you're playing for that consolation prize at this point. You're, you're playing for who's number two. Um, that's. Yeah. Because the Celtics, I mean, and, and granted, you, you have to put this game this game in perspective. I mean, they were out three of the top four players, um, and they put up a good fight for the most part. But it, it, you, you, the more you look at the way the Celtics are beating teams and the reality that they're positioning themselves so that they're going to have their core guys healthy come playoff time, I just don't see any team in the East at this point being able to beat them four times. Yeah, and that's what it comes down. They're beatable. There's there's no question the Celtics are beatable, but that is a completely irrelevant factor when you talk about the playoffs. It's can they be beaten four times? And I just I don't see it. I just don't yeah. see it. Yeah. Um the uh we'll get to this. I'm curious why Tatum played as much as he played tonight, the 43 minutes. It was playoff style minutes. I'm not really sure. Um, the reason maybe they're trying to get into a playoff style mode, uh, to get those minutes up for a few games there, uh, you know, no Tillman, no Springer tight rotation tonight. It is what it is. I'm not going to get into that. That's not really the story of the game tonight is a little, first of all, complete effort. Cause you got good ball games from a lot of different people. Um, you know, holiday doing holiday things, Derek white, when he needed to, uh, poor Zingas again, uh, outstanding, uh, tonight, uh, Jason Tatum doing what he's said he's he does more this year is letting the game come to him, reading and reacting. We've always talked about Sherrod, the whole give the game what it needs thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that being more important than going into takeover mode. But tonight is a Louise Moeller special because Jalen Brown not only did he do it, they let him do it. They let him do it early. They let him do it late. Okay. They didn't take the ball out of Jalen's hands as sometimes happens. And I'm not saying that's intentional, though. There's some people, Louise, uh, who believe it's some sort of conspiracy. But tonight, uh, Jalen Brown was the clear alpha in terms of 
uh, the ball, getting the mismatches, getting downhill, getting what he needed to get to, found him all the time, was really relentless, was just getting buckets insanely efficient. Uh, and again, put up again, they all cooled down a little bit. These numbers were insane up until the fourth quarter. Yeah. I think yeah. he was 12 of 16 and then went a little bit cold late. Um, and that's how you end up with the 13 for 24, but ridiculously efficient uh, night here. And again, when he has the zero turnover games, I want to make See? sure to point that out because, because it's important. You put the ball in Brown's hands and he's going to the basket. I think you're going to allow, uh, you know, for some turnovers because he goes so fast sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on the nights when he doesn't have it, I don't know what it is. Uh, he was certainly slumping. Sherrod, he had that kind of let me get to the all-star break itis, I think, last seven, eight games or whatever it was heading in, not playing his best ball at all um, after having a pretty dominant stretch for a little bit there, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know, in the in the in the three or so weeks prior. Uh, and he just well, he was all he just it was it was the bad Brown for a little bit there. Last two games, he's looked uh, outstanding, even though, again, he didn't get a ton of shots up uh, in the first game back from the break, but um, like his handle looks better. He looks crisp. He looks focused. He looks really organized. Um, I, I, you know, I've liked both uh, games out of Brown uh, coming out of the all-star break after, as we said, you know, kind of a, eh, you know, again, a lot of them went through fatigue and the team was still winning, but he had definitely dipped a tad and he's looked super sharp. Yeah. And, and the thing that I like about what we're seeing is that, not only is he playing better, but he's playing longer. It felt as though that, you know, with those the last couple of weeks, his minutes haven't quite been what they've they should be. And he would have like basically he'd play a really great half and then he'd disappear. And it, it did there was no rhyme or reason that. And I was concerned a little bit about that in this game, but to to Joe's credit, to Jalen's credit, to the entire team, they allowed him to keep rolling when he had it going. We've seen plenty of games where he'll have a great half and they'll pretend as if he doesn't exist anymore. Uh, that didn't happen tonight. And then that that's really good to see because they're going to need Jalen at various points during their run through the playoffs to be the best player on the floor. He has that ability in him. And we haven't seen enough of that uh, the last month or so, but the, the first couple of games out of the, out of the break. Absolutely. He's been really, really good. And, to your point, John, uh, I'm always for Jalen. There's never Jalen is never going to have a bad game when he doesn't commit turnovers. Any zero turnover game, I don't care what his other numbers are, it's a good game. Because for a guy that has the ball in his hands as much as he does uh, and makes as many unforced turnovers as he tends to do, uh, for him to have a game like this, this, the 30 points, that's great. The rebounds, the assists, that's awesome. But the zero turnovers, that's when you know Jalen Brown is playing, having really, really, having a really good night. Yeah. And again, it was one of those games where they worked it inside out a little bit because it was a mismatch sort of game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the threes were falling, but the volume wasn't there uh, necessarily. Uh, and I know Joe doesn't love that. And honestly, you know, as I said, Joe, the mathematician, in terms of understanding the numbers game when it comes to the threes is really on point. You see it a lot of times where it looks like the Celtics are playing great. And you're like, why is this game closer? And then sometimes you look at the three point differential and you know, and it's like, Oh 
maybe they should jack more threes. And sometimes it comes down to that. But they were attacking early, which is really nice, and you soften things up. Uh, and the and the threes were falling, and that was great. But yeah, I mean, Brown, I agree, uh, was in his bag most of the night, and it's one of those kind of unstoppable things where it's like mm-hmm. Bobby Bobby put this out as just a really good comment when, in our in our group thread that if you have a team, this is where the Celtics, where teams are really going to struggle with the Celtics. If you have a team that has more than one like defensively deficient player. In, in the lineup at any given time, they're toast. Like, it's because it's really, really – you can't hide these guys out there. Mm-hmm. And granted, it's only Brown here. And without having OG – look, OG on the floor is a different story because of his ability to defend. And obviously, they'd be a different team with Mitchell and Robinson in there. Mitchell, maybe he comes back. Randall, you know, we expect at some point or another. But with this team, when you're seeing Brunson and Bogdanovich out there at the same time, it's just – you know, pick your poison. It's really, really, really difficult. Celtics kind of found wherever they needed to go time after time after time. And I think that's going to be the problem is, you know, teams that are going to have to hide defenders. And again, you look at the Bucks. yeah, you're going to have to hide Lillard all game long because he's going to get picked on. And when you go to that bench, you're going to have some other problems there as well. Uh, that's going to be a continued issue for teams. And, and that's the, um, the main difference between the Celtics. I mean, Porzingis being an obvious difference, but just again, the main difference between that, you can't cheat, you can't double, you can't hide guys, you're going to get picked on, they're going to find that mismatch and they're going to kill you. Yeah, and and the thing about it is they know this and they're taking advantage of it. It it seemed that there were stretches where we would see these things play out and then you'd see Tatum Jack in seven threes, even though he's got a guy that's six foot three guarding him uh, or or Jalen uh, would you know he would begin to back a guy down and have a, a little guy on him and then he'd just kick it out to you know Al Horford or something and, and that's not happening now they're recognizing the advantages that they have and they're making teams pay uh and that to me I mean that's a sign of growth uh and the fact that they've been very consistent with it, it's a sign of understanding what you have to do to be great uh this team is kind of they're scary good when they're locked in when they're literally just playing the game to their strengths. Uh, and again, looking at where they are, looking at the rest of the East, I just don't see a healthy Celtics team not getting to the finals. I just don't see it. Yeah. Uh, it, I, it's, it, it's hard to, it's hard to envision it I, I, until of course, again, until Look, are there, yeah. Are there, are there potential landmines? Sure. Like, but it's almost like you're trying to like not get too cocky when you're looking at it. And, and again, I, we had this conversation uh, again uh, when we were talking on our thread earlier. I, I still think Milwaukee, though they haven't looked great, is a team you definitely don't want to play because ultimately I'm not going to say they have the best two players, but that Giannis and Dame duo is ridiculous. Giannis is, might be arguably the best player in the East right now. Um, but, you know, and obviously you make a case for Tatum as well. It's a, it's a scary duo to have to contend with. And at the end of the day, they are kind of like you are. They're about a six deep team. They don't, you know, and things can happen there, but I think you have to talk yourself into it because you look at the way they're playing and they did have a decent win in Minnesota, even though they almost pissed it away late. Um, You know, it looks good on paper, but they did, they did almost blow. They blew a 14 point lead there. That's it. Miami sometimes scares you a little or a fully healthy Knicks team. 
You certainly wouldn't want an early round matchup against Philly if Embiid were to return and be able to play anywhere close to full strength. That would be kind of unfair because that was a team that was threatening for the you know number two overall seed there. There's landmines there, but again, it's that whole seven games thing, Sharon. I think you got to pitch a perfect game to be able to beat them in a series right now the way they're playing. Yeah, you 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 do because again, they, any one they, game, sure, but it's it's just I don't know how you do it, you know, night in, night out. I I it's, I, I, it's, I don't know. It, it feels as though if it happens, it's going to be the Celtics beating themselves, and you just happen to be on the floor as a spectator because the idea that Jalen, Jason, Porzingis. Derek White, Drew Holiday, four of those guys having really bad nights on the same night just doesn't seem like that's going to happen four times in a playoff series. Uh, you may get a couple games like that where, where you know, multiple guys are struggling. But what we've seen all season long was when that happens, that's the night that Peyton Pritchard gets you 19. That's the night where Sam Hauser will get you, like, you know, 12 points on four for six shooting from three-point range or Al Horford will, you know, hit the time machine and, and get you like a double-double or something like that. It seems as though the way this team is built and structured, when one of their core guys isn't got it going, someone is ready to fill, fill that void. Yeah. And, and, and this is the, and I, I agree with this hundred percent, Derek, we've said it a ton of times. It's almost, I don't want to make every single show a playoff preview because it seems ridiculous, but like, that's what it comes down to, and that's why it's like you're trying to get not too high and not too low. It right. almost becomes ho-hum when you're winning one game after another, and that's also why I haven't overreacted to the few not great losses or crap wins against um, you know, against teams that have been a little beat up. Is uh that it really only matters when they get to the playoffs and which what's gonna happen, like which Celtics show up. And are you gonna have the you know wavering intensity Celtics? Or obviously health is, and no teams can sustain injuries to their top players. But are you going to have those Celtics that are going to be, you know, oh, we didn't come out tonight or, you know, everyone else ratchets it up and they're playing the same? I, I tend to think no with this year's team. I think that level of focus, you know, since day one, you know, what were the things we talked about? The grown-ups in the room, right? Like right. it just felt like. Very businesslike. Tonight felt like an extremely businesslike win, you know. And I think they're kind of they're stacking these together. Where like this is we know what we have to do. I have to think that carries over to the playoffs as well. And I have yeah. to think I have to think. And you see, you hear a lot in what Tatum said recently, and a lot's been made out of um, you know the All Star conversation or Tatum kind of playing a little victim people while people dog me because I haven't won yet. For whatever reason, it's sunk in, I believe, the understanding that, like, we really have to win. Like, yeah. you know, we really have to win because, I mean, Howard Bryant, for I mean, you know, entered the conversation, entered the chat all of a sudden over the weekend and compared Tatum potentially, he said he's entering Dak Prescott territory. That might Ooh. be a little cold. That might be a little cold, but you're right. I think Tatum's starting to get a little bit a little bit wary of getting a reputation of great player on, on good teams that can't take carry them. And yeah. you've built, you've built a super team here. I think they have to recognize the pressure on, we can't go around this time. You know, this has to happen. This has to happen for us. Yeah. And I, and I, it, it's hard to, again, not... shout out Derek again. Thank you for this. We do appreciate it. Um, super chat. And anybody who contributes, we thank you very much. 
Um, and and all of the proceeds do go to the hosts, so we do appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, go yeah. ahead, Shrek. Get your buckets with your first bet at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams. Quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Massachusetts 21 plus and present in MA. Hope is here. First online real money line wager. Only $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. No, I, I was going to say, um, it, they just get it. They, they, they just absolutely get it in a way that we just haven't seen before. And they're, and, and again, I, I keep coming back to consistency because that seems to be the one thing that when you look at just the Tatum profile, that's been the one thing that's been missing. He's shown the ability to score, defend, do all those things on the court, but can he do it at an elite level consistently? Because there's a and, and you we've seen this up close and personal with a guy like Paul Pierce. There's being a consistent player, and then there's being a consistent playing superstar. Tatum is in that zone now where he's his level of consistency is akin to what you expect from your best player. And the, literally the only box he has not checked off yet is winning a championship. Because there's there's really there's there's nothing he has to prove other than that. Uh and so if you're the cell and I, I, to your point, John, I, I think that he knew that, but I think now he's starting to feel the pressure that comes right. with knowing that. And that's getting him, I think, frankly, locking in. I think he's mentally locking in more so now than I think we saw, you know, two, three weeks ago. Um, so it's good to see that because they're going to need him to be that guy to win a yeah. championship. Yeah, so. I think, you know, and, and that was always the thing that was going to happen is like, Eventually, criticism comes in, <laughs> warranted or not, because the expectation becomes you're supposed to win. You want to be great? Win it. You know, right. like the face of the NBA stuff? Yeah, sure. You, you can totally be the face of the NBA. Go out and win a couple titles, and we'll make you the face of the NBA. You know what I mean? That's kind of It's kind of there for the taking. And, and yeah. I mean, I, I, the funny thing is, is I've never been fully – on board and thank you here again for the contribution yeah we're going to talk about that in a little bit too uh the 43 minutes yeah because i didn't love it <clears throat> pardon me but um but i've never been i've always thought it's slightly overrated in the sense that it's not always one person's fault that mm. a team didn't win like are you faulting lebron for some of those finals losses are coming up short um playing against super teams you know on the other side or when he was the only guy on california you know uh, on cleveland and with no supporting cast and he's carrying that team well past where expectations should take them and 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 dropping those l's i'm not putting those on him you know and i think in some cases 
you know, I don't think it's entirely up to the person. This is a different year, though. I think this is the year that if you don't win, you are going to point some fingers. And again, I'm not saying this is a negative. I'm saying this as a I believe it's a bit of a realization for those guys that they really need to do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it just it just feels like though things are falling into place finally for these guys, both on the court and in terms of just the, having that that mental edge and focus and, and fire that they're going to need to win a championship. Uh, and it, it really does feel as though the only thing that could derail this team from being one of the last teams standing is health. Yeah. Uh, and they've gone well out of their way to make sure as, as best they can that their core guys who have some health concerns slash issues get that rest. Uh, I, I would be very surprised if we see Porzingis, uh, you know, play more than half of the remaining games left on the schedule. Um, because, frankly, you want to do every – particularly you're this close to the playoffs. You don't want to overextend him when you don't have to this close to the playoffs. So I think they're going to be very conservative about uh, his playing time in terms of games played and in minutes when he's out there. Um, yeah. And, and this is a good thing. And this is a conversation we had last time. The whole, like, you know, how's Tatum wired? Is he wired where the MVP is important to him? And how important is it? And getting that recognition. And that's what fuels him and all of that stuff. Um, versus get the finals MVPs. They're much cooler. You know, like, it's a much better thing to, to be a finals MVP than a regular season MVP. Trust me. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's I mean, that's and it really that that should be the mindset you would hope of all really good players that what you do in a postseason should trump whatever happens or accolades or praise you get in the regular season. Uh, Tatum's a funny one like that, though, because I mean, he wants to be great. He's made no secret about wanting to be one of the all time greats. And part of that that narrative is being the best player in the regular season. Um, And I'm just hoping that it's not something that he gives a ton of thought to. Uh, because they don't need him to be the best player in the regular season, and even be the best player in the playoffs. That's where you. Yeah. That's where your. That's where your legacy is established, cemented, and kicked. And Tatum has been very clear about wanting to have yeah. a legacy in Boston as one of the all-time greats, if not the all-time great. And it's almost funny. It's almost like, yeah, I'm not. Don't take this wrong, but it's almost like you know, like a kid, you know, like fine. You're not going to give me the MVP. Fine. I'll just go win this one instead. You know, like, I don't mind that. I think that that's great is maybe he recognizes. Yeah. Deck's a little stacked against me. I'm on a super team. You know, mm-hmm. I might have to be Kawhi Leonard here. You know, like <laughs> I might not have the, the counting stats now at the end of the year. Team's too freaking good. You know, they were too good. We added two all-star caliber players. What do we do? Like, that's the thing. You're, <laughs> you're this guy. Like, it just happened for Tatum three, four years earlier than it happens for most guys of his caliber. They get to 30, 31, they haven't won a championship, and they're like, bring me a freaking super team. You know, now. I need to win now. It happened to him during his peak prime, get 31, 32, 33 point per game potential scoring championship years. So he's being asked to not take a back seat, just being told, do a little less you know, this year, because that's, that's better for the whole. And it's just kind of happened earlier. So you talk about the development, everything about Tatum's development 
<clears throat> Tatum and Brown, for that matter, has been accelerated. From year one, when Tatum comes in the league and, you know, Gordon Hayward breaks his leg and he's thrust into the starting rotation, he's starting lineup and he just sits there all year, has an outstanding season and then off and running. And that's it. Those guys, baptism by fire, they got in it early. And, you know, their first seasons, they're in conference finals. Like, they've been right. – it is accelerated. So the whole age thing, I've always thought, nah, man, they're really deep into their – you know, careers just in terms of what they've been able to accomplish and how much has been on their shoulders for as long as it has. And so this is already kind of happening to them is like, you got your super team, go win it now. You know, you've got a couple year window here, uh, get it done, you know, and, and see what happens after that. And I think he's, you know, he's definitely coming to that realization, which I think is good. Um, just as a recap, we do have Bobby Manning uh, in New York. Bobby! He is 1,000% going to join us uh, in a little bit. We also have a new sponsor here on the Garden Report. We want to tell you a little bit about, <coughs> pardon me, and it's this, Nutrafol, Sherrod. And again, I don't mind if you sit this one out. Okay. It's, it's <laughs> <coughs> but anyway, just tell you about it, Nutrafol. If you want to get involved here, a special offer I'll tell you about in just a second, but you don't have to choose between hair growth and health. The drug-free whole body approach promotes both from within, no compromises, just better hair. It is a clinically tested hair growth supplement for men. And you probably know it, 80% of men at some point or another are going to, their hair is going to thin. Uh, it happens. And, you know, uh, an ounce of prevention is better than a pound of cure. You might as well get on it now. You don't want to wake up one day and like look down for the first time and be like, oops, I waited too long. Uh, so get in on Nutrafol. It is, as we said, a drug-free and the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement brand with over 1 million people using it, seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. So again, take that first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men. That's right, men. And enter the promo code, code GARDEN. Once again, uh, Nutrafol.com slash men. Enter the promo co code GARDEN uh, and get after it. And again, Sherrod, when was the last time you had to worry about your hair? Oh, my God. Wow. Uh, we're talking more than a decade? Yeah? Yeah. It's been a, it, it has been a long time. Um, I feel like you were you had... When we first met, you, you you were still pretending that hair was import, important. It's been a decade, yeah. <laughs> it's been a decade. It's been a decade. Yeah. So, no. No. I, I, I like this. I've always liked this look. It looks good. It's good for you. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. But it's great, it's great to have options, though. I mean, it's great that, that our, our listeners can have options to maximize their main. Uh, so yeah, exactly. It's, it, it's some, it's not slander. I love it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> what is to go for me, John Hill? My guy. Yeah, there he is. There he is. The guy. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, back to the conversation here. And again, uh, I'm not balding. This is not hats, not covering it. Sherrod's seen the main. This is real. This is it's real. It's thick. It's lustrous. I'm not that guy with the hair. It's crept all the way back. I take off the hat and you're like, holy crap. What happened to that guy? No, John, you don't, you know, I don't think you got the halo effect yet. No, I'm okay. Good. I am okay. Nutrafol is going to make it better. 
There you go. Neutrophil. Neutrophil is going to be. Hey, I made it this long. What else do I have to worry about? Right? You make yeah, it to this point in your life. You win. Yeah, You've you, won. Yeah. You get to this part. Yeah. You're good. You're good. Yeah. Lustrous. Lust. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. So that's good stuff. Uh, other things that, <clears throat> pardon me, other things that stood out for you? Uh, for just, I mean, one of one, yeah, one of our um, one of our, our listeners, they pointed out just the, the minutes of Tatum and those guys. It felt as though that Joe went into this game and said, damn it, we're going to play a playoff type of rotation. Uh, and you look at the way the minutes were dispersed. I mean, pretty much everyone in that starting lineup played. Uh, yeah, they all played more than 30 minutes. Uh, Al was the only guy off the bench that played significant minutes. You know, Sam Hauser played 10. Peyton Pritchard played 15. Luke Cornett got about 10. And that's pretty much what they're going to get in the playoffs. Uh, more, more nice than not. So it, it very much felt as though from a minute standpoint, there was a conscious, intentional effort to put these guys in playoff type playoff mode situations yeah. in terms of the minutes played. So. But I think that what I think Joe his plan is most likely to have two or three games where they do that, and then have two or three games where he's just playing the the Tillmans, the Cornets, the you know the Sam Housers extended runs, and give his starters a chance to kind of not play as much because uh, there's a balancing act that I know that they're trying to, to maintain, and that is giving their guys enough run to keep them fresh and engaged and in a rhythm without wearing them down in the process. So, yeah. and it, but this definitely was like a playoff type of, um, I wouldn't say atmosphere, but just playoff type rotation and, and minutes distribution. It was, I almost feel though, like tonight he felt Joe, Joe only fell asleep on Tatum. Yeah. Um, I, I, that's he, he, cause he did his regular sit down midway through the first Mm-hmm. Um, and then he brought him in late first as he, as he often does. So he played nearly nine minutes in the first quarter. Then he played him the entire second. The only guy to do that. Jalen Brown played seven minutes in the second Tatum played 12. Yeah. Porzingis was- played six. So I feel like Joe <coughs> might've just brain cramped a little. And then in the third, instead of bringing Tatum out when he normally does, he played him the entire third quarter as well. And he only sat a minute in the fourth. So I think for some reason he just napped on Tatum because the other minutes weren't bad. They were in the thirties, you know? Uh, So that was, that was it. I think he just, he extended him a little longer, maybe didn't bring Brown in, uh, you know, uh, earlier as he should have, uh, because again, white 32, uh, Brown 35, uh, holiday 35, you know, he could have avoided the, 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 the yeah. Tatum 43 there. It wasn't full blown playoff minutes at the end of the day. I mean, you still got 10, 10 and 15 from your, you know, your, your, you know, your, uh, Hauser Cornet Pritchard, which is more than those guys are going to get in the playoffs most likely. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 if you're going to do it, you might as well do it now coming out of the break, uh, trying to get guys back into a rhythm because, you know, you, you just never know how quickly they'll get back into the flow of things coming out of the all-star break. And, and to Joe's credit, you know, he's he's playing a major minute so that they can kind of fast track that rhythm that these guys were in before the break. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. A um, couple things I wanted to mention as well. Some people, I think, rightfully giving uh, Joe props for 
letting Celtics play through a stretch there where it looked like the Knicks were coming back in the second half and they turned uh, <clears throat> what was a, a game that was into this. They got it back down to single digits and then boom, boom, boom. They were able to pull that right out there. And again, that could be a, you know, uh, you know, another battle tested sort of like, you know, figure your shit out. It's going to get, right. it, it's going to get harder uh, as we go on. And again, that's kind of what a lot of this down the stretch stuff has to be. Right. In addition to, <clears throat> as we said, I still think you got to figure out. I still think you got to figure out if you're going to use Tillman and you got to figure it out sooner than later. Um, and so hopefully that happens uh, in the next couple of weeks where you start to see him integrate a tad uh, because you just want to see whether you have it, but otherwise, yeah, I think just learning moments, maintaining focus, doing whatever you have to do here down the stretch uh, is pretty much it. I mean, they have a little break here too, right? Are, uh, they, are they, are they off for three days? Yeah, they've got the, yeah, they've got a stretch at some point where they've got a little bit of a gap. Um, that's definitely uh, a little bit longer than usual. Um, yeah, after uh, do, 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 they're do. Tuesday, Friday so, here, so yeah, they don't play Sunday, Monday, so they've got three days off. They got two days off to uh, the next the next couple. They don't play Sunday, yeah. Monday. They're back on Tuesday, home versus Philly. Then they have right. Wednesday, Thursday off, and then it's Friday. So this is a nice little stretch here to rest up. Uh, you know, some of their guys, Golden State comes in on Sunday. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, um, as well, the schedule gets crazy after Philly, though, because they're literally playing every other day, yeah. And that's, yeah, and and I, th I and I think maybe that maybe that's part of Joe's thinking that you know he's gonna have to go to the bench more during that stress because you can't play Tatum 43 minutes every other game. Um, that's just that's just insane, uh, yeah. to do that. And then we also get to have uh, a Grant Williams intervention on Friday as Dallas. It's getting real. It's listen, it's getting real interesting with Grant Williams. I mean, um, you know, Draymond kind of went in on him a little bit on his recent podcast, basically saying, and this was after Golden State played Charlotte and basically say, saying that Grant's not a tough guy and he needs to just stop trying to be a tough guy and just stop running his mouth all the time, which to hear Draymond say that is kind of ironic because Basically, he's doing you, only he's not as good as, as you are doing you. Um, but Grant, yeah, it's it'll be good to see Grant. I mean, from a strictly selfish media standpoint, because we love Grant. Grant gives us great content. Uh, Grant, I think I think Grant might be the only Celtic player that we've had on the Garden Report, that one game in Charlotte, where Grant just kind of, you know, cameoed into the into the, our shot. But um I, I want him to do well just because he's a genuinely nice guy, but yes. he's got to figure out how to control that, those gums. Uh, he's got to figure out when to flap his gums and when to just so, let it go. Yeah. It, 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 I, so I, I tweeted this earlier. I do think the pendulum swung too far on Grant now. Also, it's kind of like, wait a second, we get to, beat up it's like your your, your family right yeah you get, we yeah. get to say this stuff about grant yeah because yeah. there's still some love you guys don't get to say it you that's just mean so it does feel like he's getting picked on a tad but i i do think it all it, it is more performative than anything i think he doesn't read the room well and i think right. he's doing this because he thinks it's um i think he thinks it's helpful and he's not realizing a lot of his teammates are like Nah, man, this isn't what we need right now. You know, even the Jimmy Butler thing last year, I mean, the Celtics showed you how much they wanted to see him do that. Nobody really 
everyone's like, ah, Grant, this isn't, I know you think this is the, the thing, but it's, I, I really wish yeah. he didn't do that, you know? Yeah. So he doesn't quite have that. Someone just asked, why is Dor- why does Doris Burke hates the Celtics? I've never understood this criticism at all. I think she loves the Celtics. Like, yeah, I mean, complimentary. I've never quite understood that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, that I think there was like maybe one moment where uh, something happened in a game, and she and her response wasn't as immediate or or. She, I'm, I don't know exactly. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it seemed like there was like one incident that just kind of set everyone and off. She and loved triggered. it. Yeah. But she, in all the conversations I've had with her, uh, you know, publicly and privately, there's, n- I've never got the sense that she did not like, I, I don't put it this way. The way I see her is a 180 from the way I see Scott Foster. Yeah. Scott Foster, I feel, does not like the Celtics. I feel like it's very personal when Scott's on the floor on the call. That feels ridiculously personal. And I I don't get that same vibe with Doris. Um, I just don't. I've never gotten it. She definitely likes us a little less than, yeah, I know she likes MB too, but show me me someone she loved more than Rob Williams, okay? Like, That was, oh, we yeah. had we and, and this Rob was on the team until last year. Loved, loved, yeah. loved Rob. Loved yeah. him. Couldn't stop talking about him every second he was on the court. So no, I think she plays it pretty well down the down the middle. And then every once in a while, people just don't like it when she gushes about somebody on some other team. Yeah, like Joel. Like she 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 definitely gushes about Joel. But I'm like, my goodness, he's seven foot one seven two, can shoot threes, and is is physically imposing. Uh, he, I mean, Joel Embiid is a free, he's the future Hall of Famer, and arguably the best center. You can him and Jokic, different kind of centers, but definitely high impact centers. I that's the only guy that when I think about players that 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 you know she talks about, he's the only one that I I, I say she probably likes him a little bit more than most. Uh, but I don't I don't I don't see what others what what some of the fans you know, jumping her about. Yeah. 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 It was a, Philly, yeah, it was a Philly game. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I, everyone, everyone got mad. Absolutely. Uh, uh, rooting for Rob. A couple things from Joe, couple quotes coming out of the locker room, Jalen Brown. We are more organized. We're a more organized team this year. We're thinking the game. We're trying to be the smarter team every night. I just want people to remember that for our criticisms or feedback or anything that we'd said about the teams in prior years. Um, is that a preemptive that- strike on his part to just say, Hey, you know, when you, because the criticism is going to come when we play like crap, but remember, it's not that, goal. but that's all, that's what, anytime we dot, you know, we'd go in on them a little bit in the years past. It's like, because they were just kind of, you know, I, I, they weren't organized. They were just, right. there was too much freestyling, too much ISO, too much hero ball. And you're right. I mean, the, mo- the ball movement tonight was, was, was outstanding. They, yeah. I mean, they had that one sequence where they passed up three uh, really good shots down to the, for the corner for the quarter ball from Drew. That was like, wow. If you're the awesome. Knicks, if you're the Knicks and you're going back and you're, you're reviewing film after the game and you can't you, defend you're that, the, you're just like, what the hell can we do? I, what's funny is Tibbs called a timeout right after that, <laughs> and it was just to say, like, probably, like, there's nothing we just can do. Keep playing. You know, <laughs> there's, you know, 
because it was just so friggin' fast, you know? Yeah. Um, and really outstanding stuff. Couple other things from Joe. Um, so Missoula, beautiful display of basketball from Jason that I think will go underlooked and will not go into the most valuable category. Guys, we gotta stop doing this. It's just gotta stop. We have to stop. We have to Joe stop. Joe can't help himself. Joe can't help. Clearly, Joe can't help himself. He wants. I, yes. this, this, is the, this is the thing that bugs me about. This is the thing that bugs me about that though. We're and by we I mean the media are going to be accused of keeping that MVP discussion and discourse going, and that's not. I don't believe Joe was asked about MVP. Gotta stop. They did it. He did it with Brown and his potential assists and his reads, the defensive stuff. Joe's spending too much time taking it in. And yeah. I've said this a million times before. Don't say it. The, the we'll end up saying it for you. Both fans and media. I everyone's saying everyone. Media people on Twitter, fans in the chat. Really understated game from Tatum tonight. I liked how he just kind of let everybody else do their thing. And just, we said it at the beginning of the show. He gave the game what it needed. You, you love to see that from Tatum. Not worrying about the stats. Doris said it for everyone going in on Doris. I mean, emphatically said in the broadcast, he doesn't care about his stats. You know, so she threw that out there emphatically, definitively early in the game. It'll be said for you when you say it it makes it worse because now you're inserting it into the conversation. Let everybody else figure it out. You don't need to do that. That's just a, it's a, just a tip. You don't need to do that. Cause the more you do, it makes it seem like, you know, anyway, uh, Missoula also talked about execution, execution, <laughs> which we were just talking about. Mm. Players take a lot of pride in execution. Best way to defend the Knicks is to attack them. They had, they only had seven points in transition and that's because we were very patient and poised in our mindset. Cosign, uh, you know, absolutely. They did. Uh, yeah. That was good. You're going to nitpick. They got beat up on the glass a little bit. Always it. Always going to be a thing. Not always, but that the offensive rebounding, you know, wasn't great. They leveled it off as time went on, and the Celtics went on themselves to grab a few offensive boards when the shots weren't falling. One of the reasons the Celtics didn't have a lot of offensive rebounds because every fucking shot went in. They shot 71% through three quarters. So you're going you're gonna to lose that battle. You're going to yeah. lose the battle on the offensive boards when there's no rebounds. Yeah, you lose the offense, the battle on the offensive boards because there are no rebounds to get off the offensive glass. Yeah. we need to, we, Every now and then, we really need context for some of the criticism that we have for this team. Um, and that was, that was one of those instances. Yeah. Yeah, one of those instances. Yeah. Your preacher was, was low-key – good in this game i mean he did some things in the paint that were you know he had like a dribble drive in the paint and it seemed like he got stuck and then he next thing you know al horford's got a layup at the rim um i like what we're, we're seeing about pritchard like the last month or so he looked this is the pritchard that you thought you were getting at the start of the season that you didn't um so i like pritchard i think he's doing i think he's very within himself you know like there's games where it felt like pritchard was either gonna force every shot that was potentially available or simply couldn't get any off right and like if he didn't score he wasn't making contributions i think he's learned a little bit better this year how to make decent contributions without scoring the only time he scored was that transition bucket all, all right. game long that's, that's it, it. Yeah. And I and I thought he was fine tonight. I thought he was a positive uh coming off the bench there. So uh no no qualms, no quibble over that. 
Um, you know, Hauser again, limited minutes comes in. What does he do? Takes two threes, hits two threes. Uh, mm-hmm. Horford, people beat up on him as as being an old man. I thought Horford. You know what I thought was really big on Horford when the <clears throat> when the outside shot stopped falling, they fed him in the post. And again, Al's not a big post guy, but he went to work a couple of times and settled things down. And I thought that was super important as well. Yeah, I mean, Al still has enough in the tank where he can give you really good three, four-minute stretch where he can be impactful. Um, but they have to do a better job of of finding him uh, in those positions because he's still good enough to help you statistically, not just give you that that leadership intangible, which is important, but Al can still play. It's, it's not like it, – it, this, this is not, you know, the – He's near the end, obviously, but he's not at the end of, of his career. He's Al's a good player still. And I, and then one of the points I think, uh, I believe either Doris or J.J. Reddick made on the broadcast, they talked about, you know, how Al's still good enough where there's a lot of teams in the NBA he'd be a starter for right now. So. that, that I mean, that's, that's 100%. And that's the thing is, like, it's, you know, it's a crazy – someone just put it in the chat. It's a crazy luxury that you have Al Horford as a, as a sixth man because he absolutely could still be playing starters minutes for a lot of different teams. Mm-hmm. And he's perfectly capable when they do go in there. And, again, the luxury of just simply when you need the size or when you're going against certain teams to lean on those lineups a little bit more is great. Again, it's why I want to see X-Men in there too because I think that gives you more – versatility in that regard in the ability to defend i don't understand i i again it's early so i'm not going to make a thing out of it but i'm going to start getting annoyed in a few games uh if joe doesn't at least see what he's got in that because i think it can be an asset um in the playoffs because i do think i think the luke trigger is going to be extremely fast in the playoffs like extremely fast he might get two and three minute runs and if they don't like the way it's going or he's getting they're they're taking it to him i i don't think it's going to be gone like there's going to be some games where short hook for luke huh i think so and not only that not just the short hook in the first in the first rotation there won't be a second one and you see that happen a lot too where they go down to six or seven for the whole second half, and that's it. So, yeah, that's very and that's real. playoff basketball, and I understand it. But I think, I think you can put X Man in there and let him do, you know, what, uh, what, 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 you know, what, what, what Al's doing in there as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that's a thing. And, and again, also when you need the defense, yeah, Porzingis has been great as a. Um, you know, as a shot blocker, but he's struggled certain times. He struggled a little bit tonight at times. Uh, and guys like Al and Tillman, I think it hold, hold it down a little bit better. Um, and sometimes you might need that. So I, I, you can't do it if you're bringing in Luke as your third big in that regard, if you're getting, getting beat up uh, a little bit, you know, with your drop coverage or whatever it is, I think that that's risky. So um, I, I, I want to see it. I'm not going to make it my everything uh, or obsess about it, but um I, again, I, I think the likelihood of Tillman being useful in the playoffs is a great bit higher than Luke being useful in the playoffs. That's my opinion. Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, the, the, I guess, uh, yeah, I mean, think about, you know, Luke and just what is it, what is it about him that, that kind of bugs me? And I, I think the, the fact that Luke doesn't – you don't really feel Luke 
has any room to grow. Like this is who he is. And I look at Tillman. Tillman can get better, and you can envision him getting better. Uh, you start going through the guys coming off the bench. Every one of them has the potential, without it being a stretch of the imagination, to be better. And I just don't, you know, see that with Luke. Uh, this is who he is. He's yeah. he's not going to be any better. He's not going to be any worse. This is just who he is. And it's weird to have a guy that's that cemented in a a role who doesn't have upside. I mean, it's one thing if Al Horford doesn't have upside. Al's like a five-time All-Star who's 37 years old. His upside is long gone. But damn, Luke is. Luke, it feels like Luke is the only guy on his team that doesn't have clear and undeniable upside going forward. And yes, we are having this conversation now because I simply can't do it with Bobby and I won't do it with Bobby. <laughs> I, I won't. I can't. I can't do this one again. I can't. Oh, I don't. Look I, I for can't. I, there we go. I can't. I won't. I don't want to. Um, Missoula on Tatum's forty-three minutes. I'll I'll throw that one in there as well. The way they were guarding him and the way he was playing, I wanted to stay in that space. He put himself on Brunson defensively, switched it, then stayed on him for a few possessions. So. Not not as some people had guessed, trying to get into playoff mode. He just liked what everything Tatum was doing out there and decided to ride him a little bit longer. That's the thing. It's hard to not want to do that because, you know, I mean, much less so this year, you know, but taking Tatum out in the past has been death. You know, surviving the non-Tatum minutes were always challenging for this team. Uh, and I know sometimes you probably feel the same way. And so tonight was probably one of those nights where Joe got the vibe of like, I think he's keeping it together in a way that I, I got to make sure that he stays out there. I think he's going to feel that a lot in the playoffs too. So, you know, got to be careful. I think, you know, as we saw in the finals two years ago, even though Tatum was only 19, um, he, he got tired, man. You know, he, they, those guys were worn down by their minutes, uh, for sure. Porzingis on getting booze from the MSG crowd. Uh, I enjoy it to be honest, obviously, uh, they went down in my years in Washington. I was still getting booed, but they've ramped up a little bit with me being the Celtics. No shit. Uh, that's great. He was smiling from the get-go. I think he, yeah. I think he dug it. Um, yeah. uh, Drew Holiday, it felt good, especially in MSG, to be able to play here and do it in front of this crowd. So, you know, again, Knicks under man, I am curious what they can do, Sherrod, at full strength. I like this team. I really do. Um, and it's more than just Brunson and, and you know, the Brunson show. Um, I think, you know, Randall was playing well pre-injury, had a slow start to the season. Obviously, Mitchell Robinson is important to them. But, I mean, when those guys, if those guys are healthy and they're in there, and uh, OG is great just for his ability to defend, they're a team that was defending really, really well. They can be a pain in the ass uh, to play against. And then when you bump those other guys down into into bench roles, but DiVincenzo, I know he didn't have a great game tonight. He has been ridiculous of late in terms mm -hmm. of a, as a volume three-point shooter. He's been striping it. So, um, you know, they they can run you they can run you pretty deep uh into the playoffs when they have everybody healthy and so it's you know oh sorry and that's a big if though it, it's an if it's an if it's an if it's a big one with that team because they have the answer really isn't an if it's 
they just haven't been healthy. And it, it, there's no clear sense that once they get, get past this latest wave of injuries, that they'll just be great and ready to roll. Um, but th- there's, but the Knicks have every reason to be optimistic about their team now because they look like a team, even when those guys are out of the, of the lineup and roster, uh, out of the, uh, you know, they're not playing because they're hurt. Th- this Knicks team at full strength, legitimate, very legitimate, legitimate. Threat. I think, I think this is a legit, uh, comment here from Judah on Luke. If there's nothing wrong with him. That's the point. That's why I hate having this conversation. Everything that he's done in regular season, it's been commendable. I worry yeah. in the playoffs, as I said. And what else do you want out of your third third big? He's where he needs to be. He's doing the right things. There's a good chemistry. Uh, he gets to the right spots. He's been a, a you know an asset there on the lobs and uh, and, and things like that. Um, but I do worry in the playoffs. The stuffs it's just not going to fly. It's not going to mm-hmm. fly. That's going to be a problem. So yeah, yeah. which is what which maybe. Yeah, and that's where that's why having a guy like Xavier is so important because you know that at some point you're going to need so a, a, another level of physicality in that front court that you're not getting now. And it's good to have a guy that you know that's part of his game, but it'd be nice to see him play a little bit before you actually have to use him. Yeah, it would be nice. We will see it, but again, I'm not going to make it my thing until – a little bit longer, and then I'm I, I might I might get a teeny bit annoyed. Um, let's see. Uh, um, are you adding any? Uh, are you are you giving me any sound here? Or are we just getting quotes here? Um, yeah, Porzingis with some nice words on D White. Generally a happy bunch here. Uh, Post game uh, has wrapped up. And Bobby Manning is going to be joining the show in a little bit. Sherrod, we got to get these 830 games, man. This thing tipped off at what, like 843? We should have been halfway through the third at this point. These are two East Coast teams. Why are you, what are you effing with us for? You know, like Monday Night Football doesn't start this late. What are we doing here? It's not going to get your numbers better. And if, it, if it's Come not going to get your numbers, you're, you're just annoying people, really. Come on, people. Let's yeah. do this thing. Told we have some sound here. Let me see what it is. Um, Horford, Al Horford here talking about the Celtics' versatility in the way that they attack the Knicks tonight. I think it's important to have us, you know, we've learned in the past few years that in the playoffs especially, we have to find, you know, different ways to win. And um, the Knicks really challenged us tonight. And, uh, and we have to find, you know, different ways to be effective. So, uh, it's the strength of our group, and it speaks of, you know, the versatility of the guys in this room. Um, you know, you got Drew Holiday posting up, pulling up for a three, playmaking. So, you know, we uh, it's it's playing to our strengths. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty fair. They got a lot of guys who can beat you in a lot of different ways. Again, I mean, the versatility is nuts, but we've known this from the get-go. You've got six guys who can all defend their position, six guys that can shoot from the outside, guys who can take it inside as well, uh, defend multiple positions, switchable. It's really, I think, you know, I think people need to definitely embrace it. it. It's really hard to be this complete. Like to have this many people who do this many right. things, you can find find any contender, and you'll and you can point to something and be like, "That's a weakness." It's really hard to do with the Celtics. It's really hard to do, um, and and it comes down to as we said, every team's going to have one guy in their starting lineup at least 
who's a who's a bit of a defensive liability um and 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 you know or lineups where they just don't have enough shooting on the floor you know and these are things the Celtics have gone through in the past you would see it which is you know even last year you look around and say I don't think they got enough here you know uh, you know I don't think they've got enough you know enough shooting and enough offensive versatility and again look at who they were starting to a year ago, a year and a half ago, before Rob Williams got injured, Rob Williams and Marcus Smart, great, terrific players, right? But obvious drawbacks to what they could do because uh, they were offensively limited. And I know everybody stands for Marcus Smart because they loved him and X, Y, and Z and what he could do with the ball in his hands. But like, again, it was he was a limited point guard and one who had very little gravity. You know, of course he could pass and he was a smart player. No gravity because he couldn't, you know, he couldn't create his own offense and he's a poor shooter and Rob Williams refused to look at the basket. So he did create a lot of things and, you know, you would get some stuff with him with the lobs and the offensive rebounds. But again, this is a team that just doesn't have uh, a ton here. I agree with this. You know, I do think that interior defense, particularly with Porzingis against bigger centers, a little bit of a problem. Um, You're going to see that. But again, it's hard to be perfect, perfect all across the board. And when when you are running into these things, you do have some beef on the bench. And tonight was another example where you bring in Horford and kind of lock things up a little bit, um, and, and you can do that. So, again, nothing against any of the old players who played here. They're imperfect. Uh, and I'm not going to say they're these guys are perfect. They can just do a lot more. And, again, I'm going to go back to it. This is why in those big boy matchups, you want to see a little bit of the, you want to see a little Tillman out there. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. That'd be good. That'd be good. Yep. That'd be good. Cause you're going to, yeah. cause you, you're, you're not going to get to the promised land of the playoffs without uh, elevating your physical play. Um, yep. it, it's just not going to happen. And Tillman, he, he better find his way on the floor soon. You need you need guys who are who Grant Williams thinks he is, right? <laughs> you need Damn. some of those guys. Damn. I didn't Damn. mean I, I accidentally I just sideswiped Mar- Marcus right. and Marcus and Grant to make my point. I didn't You're mean right that. though. That's I mean that's that's valid. That that's damn. Yeah. Yep, that's yeah. I, I liked when Kess said uh uh, Davis brothers um, that putting Tillman out there. I don't know if Al co- qualifies as a Davis brother in terms of snarl, but you know, again, mm-hmm. they're stout guys, you know? Yeah. True. Yeah. Um, Bobby Manning is threatening to come on. Bobby thumbs up. Feeling good ish. Yep. He's good to go. Let's bring in Bobby and get a take here. Uh, Bobby, we've been all around the world and back because it's 58 minutes into the show, but we're happy to have you nonetheless. Um, what's your uh, primary takeaway tonight? And and tell us what what's what, what you know what was going on with the guys. Oh, they're they're jubilant. I mean, this was a real victory lap for this team and everything that they've been trying to accomplish this year, offensively especially. And they had some defensive letdowns that Joe wasn't happy about, uh, especially in the second quarter. But letting them play through it, I think he called one timeout uh, for the first two and a half quarters there, or something like that. Um, so they dealt with the blows offensively from the Knicks, or defensively rather, and just executed and executed and executed for three quarters in a way that I've never seen them uh, look this good 
offensively, John. 70% through three quarters. I mean, you just got to be kidding me. And, yeah, the shots fell, hit a ton of threes. But the way they set them up, the way they got to different spots on the floor, the amount of guys that they had involved on many of these baskets, it was just silly what they were doing out there against a stout team that's defense first. Uh, so I know it's an under Knicks team. I know it's hot shooting night. But I, I've never seen them play better on offense. I really haven't. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was, was uh, They were really good. Really, really good. And the movement, as you said, Bobby, it's, it, you know, it's a tired conversation, but every time somebody gets mad about someone asking about the threes or about how you went about it, not every shot is created equal just because you can see it on a game chart on NBA.com, you know, with the, you know, where you're getting them from and the quality of shot, the quality of shot was great. And just their ability to, you know, to seek out the mismatches when they had them and attack work in the post when they needed to get the ball down low every once in a while. Um, and it was, as we said, sometimes you got drew drew down there. Sometimes you got Al down there. Uh, Porzingis as a, as a, you know, as a double threat, the spacing that they had again, Porzingis's ability to space the space the floor so extremely where he's standing twenty seven feet back from the you know from the basket, um, you know, and 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 taking shots and just you know, you know the second the ball touches his hand, he just rips it. Um, it was just an impressive, like impressive display of like like this is one of those games where if you're watching, you'd be like, oh shit, like this is gonna like if you were scouting the Celtics. What are we gonna do here? We we mentioned one possession where they whipped it all around the corner, got it to Holiday in the in the in the corner for three, and it was a perfect possession. And Tibbs called the timeout, and I don't think it was to crap on his guys for like you know a bad rotation or not closing out. I think it was just simply like, okay, it they're good, that's gonna happen. Pull it together, you know. Don't don't overreact, but like. Yeah, they're taking it to us a little bit right now, and it's it wasn't necessarily to any fault of the Knicks. Yeah, and by contrast, it wasn't Celtics, breakdowns really. It was just elite offense. Yeah, their defense just got stressed to the maximum, and they tried different things too. Uh, they went to drops. They had double bigs out there. They had good rotations at different points. I mean, that rotation when the Celtics were starting the third six of seven from three. DiVincenzo just had this ridiculous rotation to get out and block Brown. And Celtics probably would have started that quarter seven to seven from three if he didn't do that. So the Knicks brought it. And Joe said that. He was like, they brought it at a level that brought the best out of us. They did. It felt like a playoff team, a playoff game because of that. And so, yeah, they were shorthanded. But the guys who were out there, whether it was Achua, whether it was DiVincenzo, uh, you know, up and down the lineup, they played well in this game. They hit 40% of their threes while the Celtics were hitting 50. Uh, Brunson got into that in-between area and was hitting everything. I think he started 7-13. to 13. They they went all in on this game. Uh, Tibbs didn't pull the stars till late, of course. Uh, they just kept rallying. That's so Tibbs. And he tore through timeouts, as you mentioned there, John, six in about three quarters from Tibbs there yeah. just to try to slow the Celtics down. And, you know, for all the people who say Joe call a timeout, it's another example that they just don't, they're not magical. They're not going to just turn into momentum in your direction necessarily. So I, I, you mentioned it too, John, reading the game, the level the Celtics have, even a guy like Jalen Brown, who, you know, the one thing you can criticize with him is the playmaking made all the right plays in this game, you know, for himself and others setting guys up the little lob pass to Porzingis in transition when he had DiVincenzo on him for the and one 
uh, plays like that throughout this game. This team, when they're matchup hunting like that, any team that has, you know, Brunson on the floor, DiVincenzo, guys you can go at, even Hartenstein at times, Tatum really went at him. Those teams have no chance against the Celtics if they're going to be this methodical in terms of taking advantage of those guys. It's just silly. And like you said, Tibbs before the game just rattling off the different things the Celtics can do. You know, whether it's Holiday in the corners or Porzingis mid-high post and Tatum high and low. And even Brown got into a post-up game at a consistency that we hadn't seen from him before. Uh, Horford, you know, they said just in the flow of the game, they saw the Knicks were doubling him. So they went to him in the post to draw those doubles and ran offense through there. And it just, it's all decisions by the players. And, you know, for all the gripes we've had about Joe not calling plays and not inserting himself and this and that, this is what he was trying to build towards, you know, going back to last season. And even, you know, Ime was trying to get them to this point too when he took over. Yeah, but I don't actually... Does it matter though? Like, yeah, you want the player, you want the players to be able to handle a situation. I don't necessarily want the players deciding what actions they're going to run and and what they're going to do. I do want that coming from the coach. I don't think those two things are necessarily. I think it linked. is. I think letting a team handle someone coming at you and dealing with it and playing with poise and going through and doing the things you're supposed to do is fine. I don't see any downside to Joe saying, "Let's start. Let's start working Al out of the post here." Why would that? Why does that need to come from the players? I've never quite understood that. I, I think how it goes is that Joe will end up having structures that they work out of. And, you know, I was talking to him about pregame. He wants them to be able to have, like, that one structure that they can do, like, 10 different things out of. So if they see a coverage, they'll have, let's say, like, the double horns or whatever that they're working out of. Right. You know, give it to a guy in the high post. Maybe he's going down. Someone else is going downhill out of that. You know, maybe they go into the corner out of that play. So they're just reading the way the defense is covering that play. And they might run it 10 times in a row, uh, as Joe said, pregame. But they're going to do something different out of it every time based on what the players see and where the mismatch is and all the rest, you know, how they're going to guard it. A lot of times in this game, they were switching down to, um, you know, a smaller guy in the post. So, you know, you get it to Porzingis there, you get it to Brown there. You know, whoever's kind of coming out of that screen a lot of the times is going to get it there. Horford, too, in this game. So you're just putting pressure on the defense constantly. And, you know, I guess the one thing left that you're looking for them to do a little bit less offensively is the settling. And, you know, Tatum, well, the last two games certainly has pulled up quite a bit from three. That's still the criticism we've had about him at different points. But he's hitting them now. And, you know, when they're going in, they look a lot better than when they're not. Uh, so that's just what takes you to the next level offensively when he's able to do that you know brown a little bit in this game too uh, but you love when the ball is working around you love when everyone's getting touches holiday was four or six early and he's often the guy who gets forgotten and he got quite a bit work early often in this game going against smaller guys so this is this is the championship celtics right here and the you know there's room for improvement defensively out of a game like this i thought the knicks physically especially really took it to them at times uh, on the defensive end of the floor, but offensively, I mean, there's no team that can guard this. I mean, the Knicks, Sherrod, are about as good as it gets defensively from like an X's and O's standpoint, and they just looked overwhelmed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, as we we're talking about, Bobby, you said it earlier, uh, this is a championship. This is what a championship team looks like. And Sherrod and I had alluded to it uh, earlier uh, in the uh, in the broadcast. Uh, it's it, the lead's up to eight right now in the conference. Uh, nine over the it's Bucks. Over. It's over. Le- it's legit. That's what we, 
That's what we said at the beginning. It's, it's time over. to experiment, rest, uh, and just that, ramp up. And and we did talk about that. And I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pick your brain a little bit on uh, on the Tillman stuff. I also want to ask a couple more questions uh, about um, you know tonight's game. But Porzingis uh, you know, talked not too long ago, uh, and he was uh, asked about this huge lead that the Celtics have uh, right now. And uh, he's given Brad he's given Brad props for it. Uh, to be honest, I have to like we have to give a lot of credit to our front office, you know, for putting this 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 kind of team together. And uh, when when the opportunity presented for me at least, I, I said this is going to work 100%. This is going to work, or you know, we're going to figure it out sooner or later. And it just worked right away because of the fit, because of of of, of uh, where I am in my career, and 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 yeah, it's you know, I think Drew was. You know, and D. White's playing at an incredible level, and you know, I'm not even saying anything about JB and JT. You know, those guys are always, always on top of their games. So, uh, just yeah, overall, uh, great uh, players, but also great people, and that makes the the, the team um, to that makes the team connect very easily. Yeah, yeah, they're there good. Is. Brad put them together, and they love each other. But again, yeah. the, Porzingis, the Porzingis glue factor can't be uh, can't be uh, overstated here. Uh, it, 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 again, uh, on the court and off the court, he's been. Uh, we've talked about it a ton. A ridiculous, ridiculous addition, and they talked about it on the on the on the uh, on the broadcast as well. Like, you know, giving props to Marcus Smart as a heart and soul player on the team, but they're like, this guy just fits so much better. And obviously, 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 it does. Um, but yeah, it, it, good, good stuff. The sunshine that he brings into Jalen's life, we needed that. We needed yeah, I that. Wonder, we always we, thought Jalen, we needed that. Absolutely did. Yeah, we we always thought, or at least I did. You know, you needed that pressure on Brown and Tatum at all times. Some of those intense personalities who would get on them, hold them accountable. But you almost wonder with the style of this team and the success they've had, whether it's better that they've had some guys who compliment them on the court, but off the court sort of defer to them. You know, as the leaders of the team, as the guys who are going to do everything, uh, it's worked well. Obviously, this season, not having a guy who's up their ass, uh, for lack of a better term, and. You know, I'm sure they're going to need that at certain points. But through the flow of the season, it's worked well having a guy like Porzingis who's just going to praise them and, you know, do the little things around them and set them up. Isn't that interesting? Because between between Marcus and Grant, you did lose the get in your face and and make a lot of noise, guys. That Even Ime. Yeah, and Ime. When things aren't going well, you want the tough guys. When... But sometimes it's kind of like, and we mentioned this with Grant, and we 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 alluded to the Draymond stuff, you know, from the uh, from the other day, and we'll we'll talk about that a little bit too. But it's like, like we don't want to hear this from you right now, man. You know, like I don't know how much of that stuff helped, even though you know, as fans sometimes, and you know, and 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 people, you know, media and analysts, and looking at it, like God, it feels like Tatum needs a wake up call, maybe. But I think it needed to come from within, and I don't think it was coming from Grant Williams, you know. And I don't, and and I mean, even Jalen Brown, who talked about having a, you know, big brother, little brother like relationship with Marcus Smart, flat out said like, I he fucking I didn't 
didn't always like the guy. Right. Like, and Marcus confirmed it. And Marcus, Marcus confirmed the film was mutual. We didn't really like, like, it was kind of like sometimes like enough out of you, man. And like maybe the brush of what's funny is you think they need it. And then you have someone like Porzingis come in and he's like, hey, JB, we should get an apartment together. And they're just like buddies. And that's it. That's all you needed, right? It's it's so strange. Holiday's just quiet and just does his thing and he's a pro. It's like, oh, yeah, maybe you didn't need people ranting and throwing chairs and yelling at him. Yeah, this you know? is fresh too. And obviously across sports, whether it's coaches or teammates or whatever it might be, things get stale and tired. And we Joe's talked about love. That they being needed a Joe's love. Yeah. Yeah, and Smart had been there for what nine years. Grant had been there for four at that point. Uh, so, and that dynamic just might have gotten tired to some degree in terms of the room. And it it really is a unique room, you know, going in there. Not that I'm in like a ton of uh, different teams' locker rooms, but you know, when visiting teams come in, you do get a little bit of a comparison. And the Celtics are, you know close like everybody's talking in there everybody's joking around after this game like luke and tatum were going back and forth like asking who was in the crowd like celebrities and stuff and <laughs> drew was like going back and forth with o'shea and you know al's just kind of mixing it up with everybody like there's there's bonds across this locker room that are pretty clear and they've talked a lot throughout this year about how close this group is and you know just how good the chemistry's been uh, and yeah you know i think guys like xavier you know xavier was in there chatting it up too I'm gonna add to that Jaden, you know i talked to him for a while pregame seems like a solid dude who's, who's really working and really excited to be here uh, like he's just he can't stop smiling about the fact that that trade happened so it's a good room. It's a good, good room that they have here. And that's definitely adding to their success. And it's the perfect team on the court. Like everything works. And when you're winning, it's always easier to have that dynamic. Yeah, you like, yeah, exactly. Right. If, if it was Rocky, it's again, it's the whole, but they were winning last year too. And something was off. (laughs) You could tell, but it is a chicken and the egg thing. You know, was it the right mix of people? Uh, you know, behind the scenes that brought the best out of them? Or did they just play? The, 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 there was so much harmony on the court that, like, there's just good vibes that they went throughout. Um, did they appreciate the understated professionalism of the people that they added? You know, was there noise before? You know, in the smart and the things, I always say this a lot. Like, sometimes it's not like, ugh, I don't hate this guy. But when he's around, if I were at a 10 you know, and he, then he's around, I drop to an eight or a seven. Like I'm just not as, I'm not as psyched as I was before they walked in the room. Some guys, some people have that effect. Right. And it just is like, ah, uh, and you're just a little less of yourself and you don't camp. It's not a, it's not, the thing or enough of a thing to make an issue of, but you do wonder if clearing some stuff out has given them a little bit more, you know, and there's talk and reporting behind the scenes that some things got tired. And again, Grant Williams wore out his stay in like 10 seconds in Dallas, Uh, you know, who knows, but without disparaging what was here before, you can definitely sense that there's an overall improvement in the room and the vibe just from the time. I mean, Bobby, you spend a ton of time in Sherrod, ton of time around the team, but even the times I'm down there at practice, it feels different. It really felt um, like just sub clicks, you know, in the past, Mm -hmm. you know, guys had their guys and that was kind of it, but a little bit more like, I don't know, more, a little more disjointed in the past. It doesn't feel that way this year. It's a little, it's freer and easier. And it's kind of been that way from the get-go. Yeah. 
that's why you know that's why it's been compared to 08 so much there's a group of guys at different points of their career who are figuring out that we've done a lot and porzingis talked about this too you get to a point where the only thing left that matters is winning and drew aside everybody on this team hasn't done that yet uh, so they're all bought into a, a collective mission here and you saw it play out in the highest form in this game i mean this you know i've been holding out john on the championship you know picking them this year and believing in them this is about as close as i've gotten to buying in like this was yeah. this was a this was a real circle of the calendar game in a tough environment against a team that was playing like hell like they just took it to them and couldn't even make a dent the Knicks did and again they're shorthanded and you know, I know someone in the chat was just asking like who who you worry about in the east who you worry about in the league this team's there like when they're healthy they're gonna be a problem for Boston and everybody really that they go up against uh, but yeah. if the Celtics are executing like this they're still not gonna have enough to at least win it win the series yeah throwing up one more we talked about um Jason Tatum playing that understated game. Now Tatum said things to this effect recently about how he's letting things come to him a little bit more. Uh, and yeah, year over year, his first quarter scoring is a little bit down than it was last year. So you can see a person who is known for starting slow at times is doing it now more intentionally, or at least, you know, that's the way he views it, which is the, I'll let it come to me. I'll eventually get mine, but I don't have to go out there jacking shots early. I'll take what the game gives me. But again, <clears throat> is it hurting overall numbers? Sure. You look at the stat line tonight. If you didn't watch the game, you might get the impression like, Oh, what's up with Tatum? Why didn't he get involved? It didn't feel like one of those games. It felt like he did exactly what he needed to do tonight when he needed to do it. Joe, once again, kind of giving him flowers. People aren't seeing this stuff. What what bugs me isn't that he said it; it's that everybody sees it. That that I don't know who you need to convince of this. <laughs> I think I think everybody sees it. It's I, not I'm showing really up in the stat sheet. Yeah, we get it, we get it. But I think everyone is kind of saying the same thing. No one's looking at these down games with Tatum. We even said at the beginning of the year the best version of him is going to score less and do everything else a little bit more yeah. and play defense and, and get his teammates involved and not worry about putting up 30. But uh, poor Zingas after the game kind of doubled down on the uh, JT love about doing all the little things needed to win. JT, JB, like every Drew, I've said it before, he probably is the guy that's like sacrificed the most, you know, for winning, for like being on this type of level team. But even JT, like, uh, he deserves a lot, like a lot of credit because he could, you know, say, F it, like I want to score 30 every night, like I want to get the MVP, like, you know, but he's not doing that. And I think people are like overlooking that. And you have to give him credit because he, when he does that, it makes everybody else do that. And then we're winning games because everybody's feeling good, everybody's scoring, you know, we're all dangerous. So I think... There's, there's, he deserves a lot more credit than he's getting, and uh, and everybody has made a sacrifice, and I think people from outside kind of see that, but but uh, but us as players, you know, we know what we're doing and and we know what the goal is, so um, we we're all putting our our stuff to the side for one bigger goal. Epic. That's the stuff you want to hear, and 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 it makes it, you know. What are you smiling about, Bobby? Uh oh. You see Luke? 
Bobby, who's making eyes at you? The mice are out. You know how it is here. Yeah. And they're not mice. Yeah. They're, they're you can tell yourself nasty. that. That makes you feel better. They're 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 mutant rats. Yeah, I don't know how much longer you're gonna get from me here. <laughs> <laughs> We're about to see the Mickey takeover. The Mickey takeover. I want I want to see I want to see how high that voice gets. Yeah. <laughs> ah! I'm already getting there. <laughs> <laughs> I want I want full Tom and Jerry standing on the chair. I want you to you know, like just freaking out here. Manhattan Manhattan is ready to take over. They're so bold here too. They're not afraid at all. Oh yeah. You know, so people feed them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, we can wrap it up, Bobby. Any closing thoughts here? Uh I, I'm just feeling great about where they're at. And you know, the health we talk about the rest. Getting guys integrated. I know you were talking about that off the top here. You do have to start to integrate Tillman at some point here. And I think the big thing that is going on there right now is um is <laughs> <laughs> just preparing them. You know, Rat like watch. you see them before the game. Like they were here three hours <laughs> as I was John working overtime. Uh um, the rats were? No, Tillman and Tillman and Springer. Oh, okay, okay. Like they are getting in extra work right now, trying to catch up. And I think that's probably the biggest reason you're not seeing them. And Joe's talked about it, is catching up to the system. You know, I think for Tillman, probably more defensively. I, and he's you know getting ready to post up too. I think which she says been the biggest difference here. Like getting ready to get into attacking those mismatches, as you <laughs> said earlier, being a threat out there offensively, which he really didn't have to do as much in Memphis. Uh, and then for Springer, I think there's a longer learning curve. So, you know, for anyone who thought he might sneak in this year, probably not happening in his case. I just don't know if there's enough time and certainly a need for him. Oh, good. The rat took off. Um, <laughs> was, no, it it was it at eye level? No, it just, it's on the ground, but it just, you know, keeps getting closer and closer. Oh, my God. <laughs> Manhattan Mickey. I hate it here. Oh, I love it there. Oh, oh damn. I love MSG. That? Mike. You ain't right, Mike. Yeah. I damn. love MSG. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, we can wrap it, Bobby, for your safety. Uh, and, uh, you know, for, for Sherrod's, uh, you know, poor sleepy Sherrod trying to hold it down for us while you're getting all the post-game comments. And, oh, Bobby's ready to move. Yep. He's ready. Yeah, the second it ends, it's gonna be like <laughs> out of here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we got a little break here, which is cool. Uh, we're back on Tuesday uh night, uh back at the garden. Uh, a couple fun games next week, so that should be that should be great. Uh we should have the whole gang uh back for that one. But again, Celtics win 116, 102. They have a ridiculous, ridiculous lead uh in the uh in the Eastern Conference, eight games up on the Cavs, nine games over the Bucks, and as we said, this thing is over. Uh, and uh, as the Celtics kind of, you know, are honestly playing out the string with 25 games left to go, which is really banana land. Uh, we are going to wrap it up. Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> that's good advice. <laughs> Who put that one up? No, that was me. <laughs> oh, that was you. Oh, you, you have the access. Yeah. Bobby. 
That's funny. Yeah. Uh, we're going to wrap it again. Bobby's got to get out of here. We will see you guys in a couple of uh, Tuesdays. Take care. Take care, everyone. Wait, Ahmed's got an outro for us, I think. No, he doesn't. He said he was going to work on an outro. He had a phenomenal game. Phenomenal game. <laughs> Forfeit's out. I, don't, I think it's an option. <laughs> That did not sound like a chair. It was a freaking chair. It does sound like a chair.